Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 640 with a review of Happiest Season. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we are talking about two films, uh, one that came to Hulu, and that's this film, Happiest Season. And then we're also going to have a review of Hillbilly Elegy, which also came out this weekend on uh, Netflix. Um, but yeah, so... Happiest Season, this is a film about Christmas, uh, came out the weekend of Thanksgiving. Um, do you think they nailed this release window, Steven? <laughs> I think I think they did. I mean, it's 2020. Like, everyone's confused about timing. I feel like immediately after Thanksgiving, people are kind of in Christmas mode already, especially without any travel or other delineated things to actually, like, draw the line. So I was ready for it. Like, when yeah. I realized I... I should have known from the name, but I'm stupid. I don't know. I didn't think about it. So I didn't know this was a Christmas movie until I hit play on it. And when I realized it was a Christmas movie, I was like, hell yeah, I'm ready for Christmas. Like, it's cold-ish in the Bay Area. I'm feeling <laughs> feeling those vibes. I, I think it's the right window. So did you also not see any of the art or posters or images in... Uh... Nope. Nothing. <laughs> I, I okay. saw tweets about it, and I got a text from you saying we should watch this instead of another movie, and I was like, great, sold. <laughs> another movie that shall rename, remain nameless. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly fine with the fact that this is a Christmas movie coming out during Thanksgiving, but the one thing that was extremely weird about it is that, like, you know, Thanksgiving is, like... It was the next in line for the big go visit people. And of course, the whole world is saying, please, everyone, don't go visit people. This is not the time to travel. And then this movie is all about getting a shit ton of people together in small enclosed places and all just uh, yelling at each other. And I thought that uh, that was it was just definitely felt so foreign while watching this film. Like, what am I even watching? These people are gathering together in large groups of people. Well, th- this movie was funded by the COVID nineteen virus. Maybe that. Maybe that's why. <laughs> There's always nah. a little bit of bias that comes from the you know executive producer. Oh, and that's why they had to put it on a Thanksgiving to convince people that they wanted to do all these events when now, Christmas there, finally comes around. I should know the answer to this already. Is there a great Thanksgiving movie? A great Thanksgiving movie. Hmm. I do not know. I want to say, does one of the Beethoven movies takes place at Thanksgiving? I feel like I remember the dog <laughs> I eating a giant turkey leg. <laughs> I guess I buy that, but I feel like people eat turkey even in Christmas in, in these kind of movies. That, that's true. I don't know. Somebody like, listening I'm sure right they now. Exist. I'm, I'm sure there are Thanksgiving movies, but I'm completely blanking now on what they would be. Yeah. Is Groundhog I mean, Day Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> <that's Groundhog> Day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a real thing that just happened oh <laughs> uh, well uh, <laughs> to, just to make sure steven <laughs> doesn't have any uh any flights of uh whatever uh we should jump into this episode before things go too far off the rail 
<laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. Before I start all right. naming all those Gary Marshall movies that are <laughs> named after other holidays that are obviously not Thanksgiving. Uh, what about Valentine's Day? Is that Thanksgiving? Pretty <laughs> <Any> woman? <laughs> uh, so we are going to listen to the trailer for Happiest Season, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away over summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. Hi! I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. You don't need to be. I cannot believe I've got all my daughters under one roof. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? This is why I avoid Christmas. It brings out the worst in everything. I've always skated circles around you. <laughs> I love it when they do this. You're such a cheater! Makes it so fun. No, Liz! Just be yourself. But don't lie. You're a very bad liar. Riley! Harper. This is Abby. Abby is my orphan roommate. We, I am an orphan, but we live together as friends. Um, like acquaintances. Oh, please stop. Yeah. I can relate to being in love with somebody that is too afraid to show the world who they are. What are you doing in the closet? I'm here to rescue you. Are you the ex-boyfriend? Yes, I am very sexually attracted to her. Mm. A female. I nailed that and she is fabulous. tell them who I really am, I will lose them. Do you know how painful it's been to watch the person that I love hide me? I am not hiding you. I am hiding me. Everybody's story is different. Just because Harper isn't ready doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Abby, honey, are you okay? Huh? Morning. I'm sorry about all this mess. Morning, kids. Morning. Honey, I'm headed to the office. Have a good day. You know I will. All right, so that was the trailer for Happiest Season. It is the story of a lesbian couple who is heading home for Christmas one year to have one of them meet the family. Uh, but the the little hitch here is that uh, one of them has not come out to their family, um, so they are going to have to figure out how to navigate this time with the family while uh, bouncing what uh, they have chosen to share with their family about their relationship. Uh, Stephen Miller... What did you think of Happiest Season? So an interesting thing I experienced when walking the, watching this movie is as it, the story started to go on, I felt like it was a to- total cliche. Like this is a thing I've heard or seen a thousand times before of like one person forcing the other back in the closet because of their, you know, conservative family and the frustrations that that can cause. But then I kind of realized like I don't think I've ever actually seen a movie that covered this <laughs> ever so how does it feel like a cliche like that that's the thing that i felt in the end is this seems like every other movie but then also the story it's telling is one that i think zero movies have actually tried to tell before at least zero you know 
well-known movies. And that, that puts me in a feeling where I'm, I'm like happy for representation. I'm happy for what it's doing, even though I think it's in the package of like a pretty obvious, you know, totally fine, but not spectacular movie. Um, a comparison I wanted to make is with Crazy Rich Asians, uh, which is a movie that if you like just say on paper what it's doing, it's kind of like, yeah, typical rom-com, you know, nothing to write home about. But with Crazy Rich Asians, everyone was giving their A-game and that kind of elevated it, you know, higher than the material. Um, yeah. This one, I think, has a couple A-games and a bunch of like B or C games. And that that's what <laughs> I'm trying to wrestle with. So the A-games, I think Kristen Stewart is great in this movie. Uh, that shouldn't be surprising. She's pretty much always great. Uh, but I think her Kristen Stewartness of like being reserved, uncomfortable, always unsure of herself and kind of cool in a like self-effacing questioning way is perfect for an awkward meet the parents thing where you have something to hide like like i feel like she she totally nails that role and it's very very easy to identify with her uh, yeah. aubrey plaza i think is also really great in this movie she's actually less of an oddball than i think i've ever seen her in anything she's kind of yeah, yeah. playing it you know playing it very direct in a way that I, I thought was totally believable and i don't think i've ever seen her do before um the people who were supposed to give this movie more wacky color, like Mary Holland and Alison Brie as her two sisters, they didn't work on me as well. They felt like they were really, really broad. You know, Mary Holland, like she always plays characters like that in sketch comedies and everything, but it was somehow like broad but muted. Like so it never hit the highs to make it actually be laugh out loud funny. Instead it was like, I see what the movie is doing, but they're not going far enough to make me laugh. So it just felt kind of like half-assed well i, I think um, with her character it was less about the things she did and more the way the parents reacted to her where the humor mm -hmm. came from because she was just doing saying things and being outlandish but there there was something right. about the fact that the parents barely acknowledge her existence or only make her like fix the router in the house like every time they would do something i i i would actually giggle more than when she was doing yep. the joke type of things yeah, it was definitely funnier the way they reacted to her. And I have a couple exceptions in my, the side characters are not great. I think Dan Levy playing her friend John is fantastic. Like I got a lot of laughs out of him, even though he is not in the movie all that much, even in the trailer, yeah. like one of the biggest laughs was, was from him, uh, as well as one of the more emotional moments in the movie too, is also delivered by him. Um, and Mary Steenburgen, Burgeon, yeah, Mary Steenburgen as the mom. She, I feel like, is the exact right version of that mom that wants everything to be perfect and is out of touch, but is trying to be in touch with everything. And I, de definitely great for that part. Uh, yeah, um, the big problem, I think, with this movie, and I'm not necessarily blaming her, but it's the, the way the movie works, is Mackenzie Davis um, as Harper. I don't think this is the right vehicle for her at all. Um, she can be great in movies, especially where there's some level of heightenedness about her character, like Tully or like fuck Terminator, right? Where her <laughs> being kind of uncanny or unreal is like a benefit, is a part of the story. Yeah. Here, like not only is she being asked to be totally human, but she has to be so human that you can empathize with her, even as she treats her partner like shit for most of the runtime. Like yeah, that is yeah. a hard role to fill is to do that in a way that doesn't feel not outlandish, but doesn't feel like you're beating up on the character too much and not giving enough time for a redemption arc. And I feel like that's what the movie did with her. It doesn't 
the message of this movie is at odds with the way the movie actually plays with her, because I don't believe a lot of the decisions that she's making. And the way that she plays it just seems odd to me. Uh, and so she took me out of the central tension of the movie, because the whole time I'm thinking, like, Abby should wind up with... There's one person in this movie who she should definitely wind up with instead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know? It it just makes it play funny. So it's interesting. It's like, I think it's better than Middle of the Road. Like, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. But just something about the central dynamic didn't really work for me. And that, you know, glad that I watched it. But I just didn't, I didn't leave wanting to, like, sing the praises of this movie. I'm more, I admire what it's trying to do. And I think it kind of falters in a few key places. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the trailer for this film, uh, or you even just listen to it, it it does feel very cliche, um, you know, as you were saying. And it's not that, it's not that, it's not the narrative beats, it's the presentation of everything about this film. This feels like a very stereotypical uh, rom-com, and it just is flipping the script a little bit by making the center characters um, lesbians and having it be just about them and coming out to their family. But I think, I think really what I'm torn from torn between in this film is, is that sort of sense of like, you know, a lot of times when you throw out rom-com, it's sort of a pejorative, right? Like you're like, Oh, this rom-com's coming out. It's going to be just a mild film that you're going to watch and be whatever. Um, and I think that this film has moments that feel good. Um, like you talked about uh, a moment ago about, you know, thinking that maybe this character should end up with somebody else. Like in a in a more in, in like an indie romance film, this would be about somebody self-actualizing and gaining their own strength and sort of realizing that what they need is something different than what they thought they needed. And they would maybe be able to take steps to accomplish that but no this is a rom-com where by the end of it everybody is supposed to be happy and hugging and the film is going to try to set up scenarios that could have people not happy and hugging but in the end it's going to come around to let's play some christmas music and make sure everything's being happy and i think that what i what I disliked about this film is times when you think it's going to go for something heavy and then it flips around and just goes like, and everybody's happy again. And I, and I just didn't, it, this film, I've said this about other films recently because I'm, I'm getting deja vu as I'm about to say it, but I feel like this film isn't brave enough to just do what it needs to do. It's, it's trying to play in the tropes of a romantic comedy and it can't break out of that mold. It's too scared to say like, Hey, maybe Mackenzie Davis's character is a shitty person who doesn't deserve anybody. And maybe we should make sure all the characters realize that and make sure she realizes that too and have people deal with the consequences of their actions. And like, there are, there are people who make verbal statements to groups of people and then 30 seconds later, that statement is gone and it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore because the plot's got to move forward to this one, what's the one thing. And I think that like, I, 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 I enjoyed myself a little bit while watching this film and I really got interested as potential alternative people came into the picture and became a thing that was going to challenge um, the conventional narrative that we were watching. And instead we, we sort of don't get to see anything happen there. Um, and, and I just, I, like I, you know, before sitting down to watch this film, I saw a lot of like, 
pictures being retweeted with the cast members. And I could tell before I even watched the film that all of these people had an amazing time making this together and had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, cool, I'm up for that. And I think this film delivers a little bit on that. Like, I, I, I feel that there. Like, I can see that people had fun making it. But I think that like this film sort of just doesn't, you know, like the father has his whole thing with wanting to become mayor of the town. But this film isn't actually really concerned at all with showing what that struggle is other than having one person seemingly having to like, like there's a lot of stuff in this film that doesn't feel like it's a full realized universe in which this father is trying to present his perfect family while trying to run for mayor. Like there's a disconnect between the universe it's saying exists and the actual world building that it's doing, uh, which is, I know a silly, (laughs) silly thing to complain about when we're talking about a romantic comedy. But I just, I just think that this film felt like there was something lacking and there were moments that made me go like, Oh, this, this film's actually going to do something interesting. Like this is going to be pretty cool. And then it kind of just backpedals away from the avenues that it could go down and just gives us a very, very simple standard, uh, like introduce a little bit of conflict and then remove that conflict, the end, happy ending. And I wasn't too happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying and I don't, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe there are too many details in this movie. Like like you mentioned the father being the mayor. That is how the family is presented. And it's the way that they use to show you, hey, it would be hard to impress this family. You know, this family's image is very fragile. But I like, honestly, if they were just like conservative Christian parents or something, I would buy in more than this political argument, because I don't know if I think in 2020, I couldn't tell for sure where they are supposed to be. I know Harper like and Abby live in Pittsburgh and they drive for a while and it looked like they were going like they went over a couple bridges, but I, I assume they're still <laughs> supposed to be in like Pennsylvania or Ohio or something like that. Um, I don't know if I believe that having a lesbian daughter is like supposed to be political suicide in 2020 for a mayoral candidate. Like, I kind of feel like like this has happened enough times in the past, like even with prominent Republican leaders, you know? Um, yeah. So it, r- right away, I didn't really buy that argument as well as I would have bought the more just kind of conventional feeling uncomfortable coming up with your parents' story. Um, I also think... There is the movie is trying to do something complicated where it is trying to show that being kept in the closet for someone else is difficult, but you can't force anyone else to come out for you. But that doesn't mean it isn't toxic or harmful when they refuse to do it. Like, like it's trying to do a bunch of things. And I just feel like the rom-com genre isn't the right way to tackle a situation where there is no right answer and a bunch of complexities happening at the same time and that's why you get that feeling that it kind of veered away from its more difficult premises at the end because it reminds itself hey we're a rom-com rather than solve this in a complicated way we're going to solve it with characters running around and things escalating and then suddenly things will be fine because that's like the the shape that these movies take so it kind of feels like it's like ducking out of a more interesting conversation but but i think i mean I I have never had to deal with what this couple is dealing with. So I'm obviously, you know, I'm a, you know, <laughs> cis white male, like saying this, but I, I, I think Harper's character, there is no, there isn't a second 
of runtime in this entire film where Harper's character does anything right or morally just. She mm-hmm. is basically in the wrong the entire time. Yeah, and yeah she's awful to Abby the whole time. Yeah, she, she's just a horrible person. And the, 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 entire, the entire conceit of this film doesn't need to exist because they were already not going to spend Christmas together. And she decided because she was so swept up and sitting on top of a roof and looking at at lights that her partner didn't even care about that she was like oh you should come to christmas with my family and then drove all the way there before telling her that by the way we're gonna have to pretend that we're not gay for the entire five days because i haven't told you that i never came out to my parents even though i told you specifically that i did and i feel like like there is no there is i never once sympathize with harper and i think that's the problem like i understand why it's scary for her to admit to her parents but that's different than sympathizing because she could go off and and hide herself all she wants on her own but she willingly brought somebody else into a situation in which like there is no good that could come of it because she was being selfish and wanted her there for her on christmas i i I just it, it it's there's no there's no middle ground for me to meet her at as a character mm-hmm. that I care about her ending. So when you try to make this film about her and not about Abby, you have lost me. <laughs> right. And and I think it wouldn't be that hard to change this movie in a way where you can identify more with her. Like rather than her basically tricking Abby into coming and then revealing at the last minute, it could be that Abby knows that Harper isn't out to her family and they convince each other that Christmas is going to be fine. It won't be too hard. It'll only be five days. Let's come anyway. And then over the course of being there, the tension of her not being out and the different ways that not only is she not out, but she just in general acts differently, becomes someone else around her family. Like, that is a very relatable premise, you know, yeah. even to a cis, straight, white guy, right? Like, Or, like or, I, or even the better way to give Harper the benefit of the doubt and, and not feel bad about her being bad is, what if Abby just showed up unannounced to surprise her? And now mm-hmm. Harper didn't introduce the problem. She is now having to react to Abby's presence, and now it's a bouncing game of look, I love you and I'm happy you came to my Christmas, but also you should have told me you were coming because you don't want to be here and now I don't know how this is going to... Like, then it's like, okay, right. we all fucked up in some way. Now how do we just manage being in... The, like, that's just... A, that's a way to put everybody on the same level. Everybody did something wrong and now we're all just trying to survive it. And I think that that would easily more humanize Harper and make it a thing that I could, like, root for her which is something I literally never did once in this movie. Right. Yeah, because there are, there are a lot of universal feelings here if you get past the the reason Abby is there in the first place, which is, you know, we've all probably taken people to spend holidays with us and have spent holidays with significant others. And there always is that give and take, you know, where someone is different around their family than they are with you. Um, there are things about their life that are maybe edited for consumption and being caught in the middle of that can be difficult. And especially there are scenes here where uh, Harper is with her friends at a bar and Abby just feels like she doesn't fit in and she's not really getting the time that she should have. And here she is doing a 
a kindness by being here and that kindness is not being met with an acknowledgement of the difficulty. Instead, that kindness is being met with a kind of her feeling like a burden, you know? And I think that is an extremely relatable feeling where there is no right or wrong person like that. It, that is the dynamic of families being messy and your past being messy and the way you kind of revert when you're around people that you haven't seen in a while. All of that is super interesting and ripe for, you know, rom-com. I just think the, the premise, like you say, it makes Harper too obviously wrong. And then I feel like it, again, I'm, I'm also not um, a gay person, so I can't speak to this, <laughs> but the, the response that this movie has been having from queer critics has been that it's kind of excusing toxic behavior on Harper's behalf because it just puts a stamp at the end that says, like, coming out is hard, the end. That it's like, yeah, yeah. coming out is hard, and you also were a total asshole to, <laughs> to your girlfriend, you know? Um and I feel like that just doesn't fit with the tone of the movie, which is why I feel like they could have made this movie anything but a rom-com or they could have stuck with rom-com and not made the offenses be as extreme to each other. But the combination just makes it not totally play right. Yeah. It is kind of funny that <laughs> both this film and Hillbilly Elegy, like the entire thesis of the film is delivered by a single character in one line of dialogue mm -hmm. and the rest of the film kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that one line of dialogue, though, in this movie at least really worked on me, even though the moment he started talking, I was like, I or actually there's a couple lines of dialogue. Um, but both of them, the moment the characters started talking, I was like, I get this movie is summarizing the theme to me. This is a thing I'm not supposed to like, but I like it. I like it right now. <laughs> Both movies also, spoiler for Hillbilly Elegy, no matter what I felt about the premise, the credit scenes that are showing photos got me. <laughs> like, they worked on me, so I'm, I'm just a sucker. Wait, the fake Instagram posts and the credits of this got you? Yeah, worked on me. <laughs> Mostly because of Mary Steenburgen, because I just... She is such a mo like mom character, and the the way moms can so quickly do a 180 when someone they love is suddenly you yeah, know, yeah. involved like that, that worked on me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought, I thought she was great in the film and I, I did enjoy her stuff. It just, I was, <laughs> I was like sarcastically while the credits were, were, were going, I was like, Ooh, Instagram time. <laughs> so like, I wasn't even taking it seriously. <laughs> so it's just, it's just funny to hear that it got you because uh, the, the 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 tone I was in while watching it happen in real time was was not there at all. Now, now, what if while the movie was scrolling through the Instagram feed, you suddenly saw photos of Ingrid from California um, <laughs> at the same time, and it turned out that this movie lives in the same universe? Now that would be that would be very interesting. Though her character is way more mature in this film than it was yeah, in that. but then you would learn that that whole character has just been like stalking Kristen stewart's character and showed up here <laughs> to try to become her friend that is that is interesting <laughs> that would doesn't be a good fit with her being harper's ex but look i haven't thought about this theory very long yeah or just the distress that she received from harper made her like imprints on the first person that she that befriended her after that and then that's yep. what caused her to go up so this is her recovery state <laughs> yep this is her like i'm through that that was a phase I'm, I'm done being worried about this i'm totally fine and mature now <laughs> yeah but yeah give me more aubrey plaza in 
a serious is a stretch. This isn't a serious role, but in a role where she is not a comic relief side character, because yeah. I, uh, I feel like she can, she has more range than I give her credit for. And that that's cool to learn. She's like the silent Bob character in Chasing Amy. Like she's super mature, knows exactly what the hell's going on, and is just gonna like say exactly what she needs to say at the right moment to like explain to the character what's going on. So I I, I don't know. I, I I really, really enjoyed her in like she is a side character who's there to give backstory and she's the one you root for. Like what is wrong with this movie? Yeah. But I think anyways. she's just that good. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, any last thoughts about this movie, Stephen? Um, not really. There was a scene involving fish, a repeated gag involving <laughs> fish that made me laugh every time. Yep, me too. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, cool. So we are going to go ahead and get to our verdicts then, Stephen. If you're going to even say must-see, record with a caveat, wait for until pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Because of the season, I'm bumping it up to recommend with a caveat. I did find this to be mostly heartwarming. I enjoyed it. It's an easy movie to like. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Like, the the cast is at least mostly doing pretty well again a few people are giving it their a game a few people would have rather they maybe cast somebody else but that that's fine um and even though i don't think the movie really sticks the landing with the themes that it's bringing up i think it, it was interesting to see a movie talk about this and do it in that kind of lighthearted rom-com way because that sometimes betrays more confidence than being as we're going to talk about with our next movie deadly serious when maybe <laughs> your theme like your subject matter doesn't deserve it um so i thought it was a charming enough movie i i just think it it fails in some key points and the message it wants to drive home is a little bit muddy but still i was glad i watched it uh for me, I'm going to leave it as at a wait for rental. Um, I, I enjoyed watching this movie. Like it, it has enough funny beats to kind of carry me through as far as like paying attention and like having a little bit of fun. But I think just the, the character of Harper is so infuriating and is really bad to most of the people around her. And I never felt like I should root for her. And I don't like what she gets at the end of the film. <laughs> so, so I think it's just, it's, it's a hard film for me to really, it does it, it just, I've, I, I found this film actively frustrating at times, uh, which maybe is exactly what it's wanting you to do. I don't think that it is though, but I just wait for rental. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for a review of happiest season. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, if people want to find me, they can find me dangling from a roof, but don't worry because there will be something below me, so it'll be funny that I'm dangling from it instead of a near-death experience from which I don't want to make out with my girlfriend right after. Uh, or <laughs> sdavidmiller.com or twitter.com slash sdavidmiller. 
Uh, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Happiest Season, so hopefully you're enjoying that. I assume it's Christmas music. Um, but, uh, yep, we are going to take off right now, and uh, we are going to go figure out whether Hillbilly Elegy is a good Terminator or a bad Terminator. So we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. But we have established Mackenzie Davis is an okay Terminator. <laughs> <laughs>